This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. Cameron Poitras, Jim Toth. Uh, Sarah, before you run away, that beep was uh, was me, by the way. I know you were looking around wondering where that beep came from. That Hi, Sarah. Hi. What's your go-to Friday sandwich? BLT. Woo! <laughs> The BLT. Sarah bringing the B to the LT. No messing around. It's Some, Friday. Let's sometimes sandwich. Sometimes no tea. Sometimes yeah. no tea. I, I'm, oh. a, I'm a clubhouse guy. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah me a too. Clubhouse. Yeah. yeah, a good like. But you, BLT, you can't go wrong. That's a yeah. clubhouse is a hearty weekday. Yeah. BLT's like the weekend. I'll slide a piece of cheese on this. No cheese. No cheese in a BLT. No. It's, it's 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 salt pepper absolutely hates us <laughs> my job is to make her as uncomfortable as possible well you're you're do, you are Mission good at your job yeah <laughs> back, back at 12 we'll see you at 12 30 <laughs> what do you want to talk about sarah what would you like to discuss i'm running away now <laughs> feel free to pre-record is, if you want so. <laughs> <laughs> she has to be in there at 12 30 or she will be reprimanded yeah. yeah she'll be issued a citation followed by being reprimanded. It's a whole thing. Nobody um, reprimanded from the Jets last night. Absolutely not. Uh, Jets 5, St. Louis Blues 2. Uh, big game you heard here on 680 CGOB. Text to show 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Uh, we'll get right into that. Still to come on the show, we'll hear from Mike O'Shea. You got him coming up on your show, don't you, Jim, at 2 o'clock? Mr. O'Shea is going to join me live at 2 p.m. to talk about the three-year deal and... Um, I wonder if he takes the contract one one week at a time. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that he doesn't do like. Did the check come in one week at a time? We'll see if it comes in next week. When's the last time he did like a radio interview? Would have been his uh, show, the wrap up show. Okay, after yeah. the Great Cup okay, loss, so he does that. Okay, so I guess he's not like, but he doesn't come. He doesn't. That, that's like. His thing, you know what I mean? Okay, so I, yeah. I, I'm trying to say, like, he doesn't like to do these things. But and I, I should time. say, like, I I know he loves talking to the fans, and he spends a ton of time talking to the fans. Mm-hmm. But I would agree that, like, it's – I don't think he dislikes it to the point that he doesn't want to do them. Mm-hmm. He just feels that other things are more important. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hear from – and also I thought uh, during today's uh, media press conference, Wade Miller, CEO, president of the Bombers, uh, he, had, he had a, a pretty uh, interesting story about how uh, the whole interview with Michael Shea back in 20. 20- 13 um of course he was hired in december of that year how how everything um how everything came about and how michael shea became uh the head coach of this team so i'm going to play that audio uh coming up around 12 45 you want to be tuned in for that um as well uh, lots of other stuff to get to here and, and I, I have a question for you guys and this is something we'll get to after 12 30 uh and i'll give you my thoughts and jim will give give you his thoughts as well here 204-780-6868 what have you learned about sort of the mindset of a hockey team or how important confidence is and and how that is kind of pushed the Winnipeg Jets forward during the first 25 games of the season. We'll get into that. Uh, but first, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, their offense, Jim, starting to heat up, 33 goals in their last seven games, 51 goals over their first 18. So that's a huge difference. Um, the, the power plays on a six game streak, they got eight goals over that time. And that all adds up to this team starting to really become a dominant force, particularly in the Western conference. We're going to see a big game coming up against Vegas on Tuesday. 
but a, a a not just a maybe a top ten team in the National Hockey League, but a top five and a team that you have to start talking uh, about a team that has the chance to make a splash in the playoffs. I don't think that's outlandish here. They have all the pieces. They got goaltending. They have defense. They're the third most. Uh, they've allowed the third most least goals so far this season, and um, hot goaltender and and and. As the five-on-five game offensively starts to come together, as the power play starts to work, as the PK uh, continues to be a dominant force, um, I, I, there could be good things in the future for this team as this as the season goes on. Well, I like what you're saying because it's become evident. And yeah. again, I had them as a top 10 team last year and it, it, nothing worked out that way. Mm-hmm. But I think you're seeing today a, a top 10 team that can score goals, mm-hmm. that can defend, that can penalty kill, that has a great power play. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people always look to the defense of this team as a unit and the metrics of that, um, and then they have a goaltender. And so I thought we saw some of that in all aspects of the game last night. There were times where they got caught and, and hemmed in, but there were more often than not times where they were dominant, they were the puck pos- had the most puck possession, they were scoring goals, and when they needed him, Connor Hellebuck came to the forefront. And yeah. I know a lot of people, because he has despite whether this team has been successful or unsuccessful the past couple of seasons, been relatively pretty great. But that's part of hockey. Like, I talk to a lot of coaches and scouts, um, and they say the goaltender is a position on the team. It's part of the game. Mm -hmm. A lot of them say to me, Cam, it's funny how other teams or other people will say, well, this team gets all their goals on the power play. And they say, well, the power play is part of the game. Like you can win or lose a game on that. So Mm -hmm. what I think you're talking about and what I agree with is um, at different times, all cylinders and facets of this team function very well. And that's what you need. I I think that if they, they had places where they weren't doing extremely well at and other places they were, you couldn't have the complete hockey game or hockey team. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it is 25 games in, fair to start asking, is this a complete hockey team? And I'm not talking about the five to six minutes periods where they can't exit the zone, or I'm not talking about the the four or five power plays in a row where they can't score. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, in general, over the course of 60 minutes, night in, night out, does this team have all aspects of what makes a good hockey team? And I think they do. I, I, you're definitely starting to see that. You're 100% starting to see that. And, and if you're going to be looking at a six minute lapse or something. See, it's so different because last year, and this is something we're going to get to after 1230. You were talking about the Winnipeg Jets last year, taking a six minute lapse in a second period or a third period or, or off the start. And that six, that six minutes would sink them for the rest of that game. They would play a great 55 minutes, great 50 minutes of hockey. I remember uh, particularly, I think there was a game in Boston. It was around uh, uh, a road trip that they had where I thought they played good over the course of that road trip, but they made errors and they had mistakes that really, really <laughs> dragged them down. This year, they're over. To, they're able to overcome that. Pierre-Luc Dubois' goal to get them back up ahead three was huge. That was the killer instinct that lacked last year. And just to kind of go on top of that, and Connor Hellebuck, he's definitely a difference maker. Here's my my ridiculous question of the day, Jim. Is he the most dominant player right now in the National Hockey League? Well, look, I mean... I know Connor McDavid's putting out yeah. big points, but it, but is Connor McDavid winning as many games for his team as Connor Hellebuck is for the Jets right well, now? Well, this is when people bring up the position. And that's what they'll say. Like, what's the be- what is the most important position on a hockey team? I'd say the goaltender. 
Um, and so people have these debates. It's much like when I brought up Kale McCarr's contract and I said, look, high-scoring forwards make this, Vesna-caliber goalies make that, yeah. top-end D-men make this. I think Kale McCarr is a unicorn. I, I think that he should be paid like a forward mm-hmm. um, because they get paid more. I think I don't think number one D-men, like other ones that make eight to nine million a year, should be considered like McCarr. I think McCarr should be making what Connor McDavid and Nikita. <laughs> he, well, he is he what cer- Kucherov cer- yeah, is. Yeah, but he and, cer- certainly would be overpaid in that spot. Yeah. So, so my point is, is um, I think that look, Connor Hellebuck has a nine thirty two save percentage of two point two four goals against average, mm-hmm. and he's not in the Vesna caliber conversation right now, he is the leading candidate for the Vesna yeah. right now. Um, there's been some drop off for Sorokin and the New York Islanders. The, you know, there might be coming with Halibut. I don't know, but he is, even though last year, a lot of the people we heard from wanted him traded. Wow. It's ridiculous <laughs> yeah, because it much like Blake Wheeler, much like Josh Morrissey, when you have good hockey players and they aren't playing well, that's a difference between a guy not being a very good hockey player that is playing exceptionally well. You have to have the vision and understanding of what this player is and then try to get him to play at their utmost level. He didn't have a bad year last year for a goalie in the National Hockey League. He had a bad Connor Hellebuck year mm-hmm. because we're spoiled with that in this city. So I don't know if he's the best player in the league, but he's one of them. Yeah, He is one of them that, that's up there. And I top, think that's Jim fine Toth, to rely Jim on Jim Toth says that Connor Hellebuck is the top five best player in the league. I don't I'm know right, about I'm top r- five, but he's. <laughs> I, I'll have count. that discussion with you. Yeah. He's top ten. Name me ten players that – name me nine players that are better than Connor Hellebuck right now. Right now in this league, right now. Uh, like Connor McDavid and Kale McCarr, yeah, okay. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. I, would you, Nikita Kucherov is having one of the quietest seasons of his life. He's like fourth in scoring and nobody's talking about him because Tag Thompson is in there for the first time. And some other players are making noise that it's more of a news story than Nikita Kucherov having another good season. But he's having one of his best seasons of his career. Yeah. And nobody's talking about him because there's all these other stories. But in the top 10 of best players in the National Hockey League up until this point, Connor Hellebuck is in the top oh, okay, 10. Okay, okay. Here, here's, who, here's who I would put in that top five. I'd put Connor Hellebuck in that. I would 100% put him in it right now. And I'm going to tell you, Linus Allmark is, this, is sort of the second guy here, and I'll tell you why, why Connor McDavid is, I mean, uh, why Connor Hellebuck is doing better than I'll just than cut you off Allmark one quick second. second. Linus Allmark is not in the top 10 right now. He's playing like no. it. But he's not a, like, to me, so go ahead. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Jason Robertson. I would put those. I would put those three guys, and, I, and then I would put Hellebuck there. I would put him right up with those guys. McKinnon. Well, he's he's had a great year, but he, he's, he's he's having his best year of his career right now. Now he's injured, but he's injured. Okay, so I, I that, that's who I would say is the top five. I give I give you that. one. And I'm not going to get in the order because I could care. The, <laughs> is he top the five? Order is he matter. top ten? It doesn't matter. I'll 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 listen to your argument that he's top five. Yeah, I and there is it. no argument in my opinion about top ten. Hellebuck right now. Sec. Again, they, you're wondering who's first in all these stats as we go into a break here. You're wondering who's first in all these stats. It's John Gibson because he's being shelled night in and night out as a member of the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Connor Hellebuck right now second in shots against. 665, second in saves made, 509, and second in ice time right now. And you have to understand the Winnipeg Jets are actually low in terms of games played compared to the rest of the league. A lot of the the rest of the league has played two or three games more than the Jets so far this year. Linus Allmark, he's only faced 509 shots compared to Hellebuck 665. 
And in that time, he's uh, from 509 shots he's faced, he saved 468 of them. Hellebuck's made 509 saves. Facing a lot more shots, but he's made more saves. I, you've convinced me he's in the top five. I am very convincible. The only one I'll argue, like if, if it's top five, top six, is Kucherov's got to be in there. I think Kucherov is having an Kucherov. absolute amazing season. You're a big Kucherov fan. McKinnon and Kucherov are having their two best seasons of their careers. Yeah. Up to this point. It's a long season and McKinnon's out. So, But that says something when guys of that caliber are having their best career years. Connor McDavid is as well. I would say that, that Hellebuck is having uh, more, when he's in there, is having more of an impact versus wins and losses compared to Connor McDavid. You might think I'm crazy. If you think I am, text the well, show. Well, I think you're right because he is. 6868 Let's take a break. Still to come, we'll hear from Wade Miller and, and how the whole entire hiring of Mike O'Shea came. We'll hear that after 1245. And uh, Jim Toth will have Mike O'Shea at 2 o'clock. So that's something you're going to tune in for. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, thanks, Sarah. Anytime. Text the show 204-780-6860. We're talking um, about your favorite, Sarah's favorite sandwiches. Um, Bill P. texts the show. He says, Scooby-Doo Dagwood, everything and anything. How do you feel about like a Dagwood? I do like a Dagwood, yeah. Ten bucks, cheap, cheap sandwich. Sarah, when you went to broadcasting school and started your mm-hmm. career wherever, did you say, one day I hope to be not only covering news, <laughs> but, talking but talking about sandwiches? I didn't think that would happen, no. Well, that's the but beauty of the media, okay. right? Yeah. Look at you now. You know, it's soaring, funny. It's funny. Just soaring with your career. It's funny how close to the floor we drag sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll talk sandwiches anytime with you. Okay. See, and that's the difference between us and Sarah. I think we got into broadcasting to talk about sandwiches. Specifically. I, I, I'm... I'm a, I'm a big sandwich guy. Yeah. I heard a lot of your sandwich talk yesterday, and my circle was like, man, he likes the Egg Foo Young sandwich. The St. Paul. The St. Paul. I, very good. I, I, I found out about it yesterday, and I wanted to make sure that Sarah was aware, if she's ever in the St. Louis area, to grab a, a St. Paul Egg Foo Young sandwich from a local Chinese-American establishment there in, in um, off the Mississippi River in the show-me state of Missouri. This might be it for Sarah. She might go back to her desk now and before 2 or 1 o'clock construct an email to... Heather Steele and just say, look, this is enough. If I got to talk to those. Can I get a different shift? If I got to talk to those freaking bozos. I'll do overnights again if I have to. Particularly (laughs) that cam. Uh, Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Always fun. You can run away now. Um, Mike in Manitoba text to show 204-780-6868. And this made me laugh. All I'm going to say about the game against the Blues is I didn't know all the the players worked at Ikea. Uh, The same jerseys. They might have all the pieces minus a few screw loose, but... uh, can read the instructions. That's a good one, Mike. That, that is I don't know. What good. did you think about the Blues jerseys yesterday? I didn't mind that. So here's the thing with jerseys. There's ones I can't stand, mm-hmm. and they're rare. There's ones I'm just, like, indifferent. There's ones I'm, like, I, I can see why people, like, last night is here's with that category. I don't mind them. I can see why people don't like them, but they don't bother me, and I don't care if they wear them again. They're okay. Uh, Tampa Bay's. Reverse retro? Awful. Worst, maybe the worst jerseys in the history of the league. And Arizona, um, I was watching the Arizona-Calgary game the other night, and uh, my stepson was like, we don't have to wear the red ones anymore. And I'm like, you know what? Of all the Arizona jerseys, I don't like any of them or the logo, but Mm -hmm. I like those red ones, and you're right. Why don't they wear those more? I like those are the ones. Oh, you mean with like the like the the screaming coyote? The all red and the screaming coyote, and it's all red. And I like the really stupid logo with like the... I don't know, like the like the desert sort of Pablo 
uh, indigenous style. Um, yeah, I like that one. I don't know. Like I just kind of grew up with it, and that was it. We so. would ask. We should ask about the whites um, because they're undefeated now. But I yes. like most jerseys, and I give credit to Kyle um, Ball Harry of the Jets who told me when the. Um, retro jerseys and the third alternate came out that they're not using anymore. He said that everyone will have an opinion, but until you see them on the ice and the team scoring goals, that's when you actually decide. And mm-hmm. last night in warmups, I thought that those look really good. Actually, the whites. Yeah, why well, nineties retro? No, I love that's my that's my logo, right? That's the that's the logo that I love of the Winnipeg Jets. The my very my my small memories as a small boy are of that logo, so that's the one I'm attached to the most. Um, but it's funny. I was going to go buy one, um, and I was texting with my wife, and I was saying, like, yeah, I really like it. I'm going to go get it. And she's like, why do you need that jersey? You already have four other jerseys. They look – all of them look exactly the same, which I, I'm in a constant debate with her. They all look different. She thinks every Jets jersey looks exactly the same. It's completely incorrect. Um, I had the same with my my partner when yeah. we went to Houston. We at the Astros, and I'm like, I don't know if I should buy the white jersey, the orange jersey, the blue mm-hmm. Um, or the gray, the road gray I like. And she's like, aren't you a hundred years old? Are you going to wear a Jersey? Like what's the age cutoff? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. And then she's like, well, it was now I feel insecure. Then she, yeah. Then she was like, well, Jim, get the bright orange. Cause that goes with everything. And then I'm like, I don't want a Jersey. I'll just get a hoodie. <laughs> well, that's exactly what happened. She just said, she said, oh, and then eventually she was fighting me on it. And then she said, you know what, Cam, go ahead. And all of a sudden it's like, like actual, I actually felt my like need to buy that jersey completely collapsed. I didn't want it. Anymore. I have friends older than me though. I see them at Jets games or Bomber games, and they're rocking the the jerseys, and they look great. I um, but I don't know if I like you got it on today. I give yeah. I tell your wife that you deserve credit because you wear your jerseys. I know what she's saying. Mm-hmm. I'm one of them. I have jerseys. I never wear them. Ever. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying to wear them here because it's like I got a Jets show. I should wear my Jets jerseys and stuff like that. But it's funny that as soon as she told me to buy it, I didn't want it anymore. I, I lacked the mischief <laughs> of like spending 160. They're bucks messing on, with us. Yeah, it's I know. reverse psychology. It is. That's I know what she's doing. I know what she's doing. And yet um, you will hear two weeks from now we need this Tupperware, and then we'll buy it. We don't. <laughs> we don't need more Tupperware. And then everything with Mickey Mouse. She's a huge Disney fan. We got to talk like, hockey. We're getting uh, in trouble and we're losing. I know, I know, I know. We were talking hockey. We were talking jerseys. That's right. Um, what have you learned about the Winnipeg Jets this season? It's just um, an important mindset. Uh, th- this is what I've kind of learned is in this season um, how important mindset and confidence is for this team. Because if you look at the core major players for the Winnipeg Jets, not really that different than last year. So, like, you take out Paul Stasny, you add in a Cole Perfetti here, you swap Andrew Coffer, Mason Appleton. Um, you know, you had a, a Sam Gagne here, but there was other guys that, that the Winnipeg Jets moved on from here. But the main core of players here is almost exactly the same. So what's different, Jim? What is different about this team than last year in terms of outside of mindset, confidence, and a different voice behind the bench? So it's that. It's the voice. It, it's... It, Look, it's a, it's become a cliche, but the need for a new voice. And everybody knows how I still think Paul Maurice is a great coach. And I still believe that, you know, it, it, when push comes to shove, whether a player likes a coach or not, it's on him to perform and play. And so we, we're not going to go down this road today with this all again, but um, Paul knew that a new voice was needed prior to coming back last year. Mm-hmm. And he, he told us in the summer... Um, that they made a couple trades and my juices started flowing. But And then he said when he was here this week, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have come back. 
So I think management owns some of that. I think ownership yeah, owns some of that too. There was conversations had where the new voice might be needed and they made the decision and it was the wrong decision. And that's fine. That happens. There's also been scenarios where coaches have been fired because somebody felt there's a new voice needed and it wasn't, and it ruined the team. The Oilers with Ralph Kruger just comes to mind. <laughs> There's other football teams like that too. Yeah. Um, but this is the definition to me of what's happening with this this team with the same roster compared to last last season is, is the definition of it's not a cliche, a new voice was needed. And John Cooper went through this with Tampa Bay, and they hung on to him, and the difference is they won. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. But he went through this when they got bounced first round by Columbus and they had those same conversations in the off season. And that's what coaching is. That's what coaching is, is finding new ways and stuff, but the players have to be receptive to it. And of course there was some here that weren't. And mm-hmm. I know that's dramatic and, and people like to talk about juicy tidbits like that, but that to me is the difference this year is there's a new voice, a fresh perspective. It's the same team and the message is different. Years from now, might be two, might be longer. I don't think Rick Bonus is going to stay around that much longer into his 70th year. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, and that's why Scott O'Neill's here and, and everything like that, in my opinion. But I think this is the definition of a needed a new voice. And this is what you see when that happens. Yeah, I, I think another big thing and. Um, I, I, I think that I think that Paul Maurice would have would have enjoyed having this as an option. I, I don't think the fourth line last year played good enough to make this an option. But I think it's something that's really working this year. Maybe it's just an added year of experience. Um, it's different. It's different bodies. It's different attitudes, and, it, and it's exactly what you're talking about as well. It's sort of this 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 discomfort that's been sort of grown in the fourth line. Guys are getting guys are getting taken out. You know, Axel Janssen Fialbi played well taken out of the lineup to make room for somebody else that they didn't sit on the bench for too long or sit up in the press box. Jansen Harkins played well, providing offense and all that sort of thing. Time for him to come out. Uh, Sam Gagne comes in here. This might be different now with Saku Menelainen uh, out. I don't know how long he's going to be out. He's We're waiting for more tests on him. It looked serious to me with looking at his shoulder from, from, from my vantage point. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I would be surprised if he wasn't out for a bit. Um, but there's there's been sort of this... You still got to earn it out there. And, and not that that wasn't the message last year as well. Um, but I, I, I think it's by having this level of, of discomfort amongst, amongst the players that, you know, uh, Bonus doesn't owe these guys anything. You know what I mean? He, he, he's stepping into this and he's saying, I, I, you and me, we're going to get along if you, if, if you win. But you know what? Things can, things can go south here a little bit and, and we're going to hold you guys accountable. Not that not that, that wasn't happening before. But again, it's coming from a different person. It's coming from a different point. And, and the players aren't comfortable. And they're going to have to because they're right now transitioning into a team that's going to have a target on, on its back. And every team, when the Winnipeg Jets come into town, they're going to they're gonna be getting their best. And well, they got to be ready for that. And I, I think they are. But there's, it's, it's definitely a move to something different. And Bonus is in the now, too. And I, yeah. I think that's a big emphasis here. I want to I give Rick Bonus all the credit for bringing the breath of fresh air, the new perspective, the new direction this team desperately needed. Mm-hmm. But also, he's not coaching like, I need to get along with this guy for the next four or five years. He's not coaching like, you know, my relationship isn't good here and I got to figure out a way to make it work because I've got a four-year deal or a three-year deal and he's got a six-year contract. Like, he, he's, he has that freedom of this isn't the now 
And I know everybody listening right now goes, that's the way it should always be. I get that. But it's not that way. Yeah. It's it's not that way when you 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 are in it and you're dealing with those parameters. And there's just less parameters around Rick Bonus. But Cam, you're bang on in my opinion about the bottom six. Mm-hmm. Paul Maurice never had that. But here's what Paul Maurice and Rick Bonus are doing the same. Shifley and Wheeler are back together. Mm-hmm. Dubois and Connor were together last year, and we saw what, what Connor did. And yeah. now they have a bottom six player on their right side. Paul Maurice did that. I got to give some With, props back to, to the Tanev yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know there are sev- several similarities. Josh Morris, he's still a number one guy, and he's the number one guy in the point, the power play. Paul Maurice did that. Mm-hmm. So what is like? There's a lot of similarities between what the two coaches did with this same lineup. The difference is the perspective, the view, perhaps the system. The other thing I want to touch about is this penalty kill is third in the National Hockey League. Yeah. It's tied for third. Scott O'Neill runs that. The power play is 15th. They've got a power play goal for six games in a row. Brad Lauer runs that. So just different perspective, different minds with the same players. And it, it matters when the message has gone stale. And, yeah. and we see it in, and I don't like to compare real life and sports, but we see it in all walks of life. Sometimes you might like your job, but change is necessary. Yeah, it's true. That's just the way things are in life and stuff like that. I got to give some props to Mikey Esamon. He's plus eight right now, plus two yesterday, picked up an assist, a barren skate blade away from from getting his second goal in the National Hockey League. Uh, but the way that he drew those two blues to him, which was obviously a defensive mistake by St. Louis, you got to make sure you cover KC. But he drew both those players, made a nice chip pass to KC, and bam, wired one. Um, uh, past uh, Grice last night, but but that that's sort of what they were they're they're finding, and and I also will have to talk about Rick Bonus giving these guys a chance. He comes in and and, and a lot of Esamon played fifteen min, over fifteen minutes yesterday. That had to do with a lot with Sacramento Linen being out. Um, there's no doubt about that. But he's found these guys, these energy dudes that are going to come in, bring passion, bring energy, going to skate around, bring havoc, and he's giving them an opportunity. He's letting them go out there because they're doing good things. They're doing good things. He said that in the pre or the post game the other night um, that I was working with Kelly on the weekend, and he said, I looked at Mikey, and I said, Mikey, can I trust you? And he's like, yeah, coach, you can trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that's about, like, that's why he's getting more ice time. Now, here's the real question. Okay. When you go into the cookie jar, and underneath the oatmeal raisin and the chocolate chip, you pull Mm. out that cash for a rainy day, and you go get (laughs) this jersey, are you putting Acemont on it? Is he your new... I, I don't want to – I don't put names on the jerseys. I don't do that anymore. Mikey's trusting you. Well, you know what? He's trusting I you to make the right decision. Actually, an Esamont would be pretty sweet, but I, I, I just – I keep it blank. I've been burned way too many times with names on the back of jerseys, and I'm stuck with them now. If I'm Mikey Asimont, I go out and I get a shirt that just says, can I trust you, Mikey? If Asimont's going to put a Poitras on the back of his for like a <laughs> training camp a jersey or something like that for a practice, I will reciprocate. We should get him on the show. Can I try? Well, let's do it next week. We'll get, okay, we'll get him on, on, and I'll see if he's willing to wear a Poitras on the back. Number 91 for the year I was born. What will happen if he goes, how do you spell it? Because uh, that means he's going to do it. <laughs> I think we got better questions to ask him than that, but we'll try to get well, Mike We're, we're going to find out. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Wade Miller, we hear from him. This is a great little uh, tidbit, little piece of of info. Uh, Wade Miller kind of opening the curtain as to how Mike O'Shea became uh, the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, and this all lead up to O'Shea joining Jim Toth on the Jim Toth Show at 2 o'clock. We will be right back. More Jets at noon after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, that was... Uh 
I, we had a list of candidates and you know that was one that Kyle had uh, brought forward and uh, we opened a door in the uh, Toronto uh, Toronto Airport uh, I want to tell the story Mike we opened uh, the door for the interview and he said should we put on some face masks for this meeting so um, uh, and then it started from there so and the three of us had a very good conversation and uh, you know, within within the first 15 minutes, you you knew, you knew this was the the person that was going to come and be the leader of this team for a long time, and uh, that was very evident very quickly. Uh, he didn't show up with some PowerPoint presentation and talk about leadership. He is a leader, um, and uh, so that's where it started. That's like a total Mike O'Shea thing to do. I think is just to kind of. Doesn't have anything else. He just sits down and says, "Okay, let's talk." When it comes to you know the interview and and that sort of thing, of yeah. course, he's going to remain with the team with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, signing a three-year contract extension through twenty twenty-five. Uh, third in career wins in Blue Bomber franchise history. That will change. He will pass Cal Murphy's eighty-six very soon. He is eighty-two, um, and perhaps, hopefully, uh, by the end of twenty twenty-five, he'll have passed Bud Grant, um, currently the longest-serving uh, head coach. Uh, having led the Bombers uh, for eight years now, um, two gr- sta- uh, Great Cup championships, three straight appearances in the Great Cup game, six consecutive double-digit win seasons, uh, matching a franchise-best stretch uh, first established in 1957 and 1956 with, you guessed it, Bud Grant. So, um, And Buck Pierce also confirming he's going to be sticking around as offensive coordinator for 2023. And uh, he was certainly getting some calls, certainly getting some calls. Yeah, Ottawa did uh, request for him to interview for their head coaching mm-hmm. job. And by the way, Ottawa gets Bobby Dice as their interim head coach and now their full-time head coach. That is a great hire. Yeah. Like I, I, Bobby is going to do great things there. He did good things with the roster down Mm -hmm. the remainder of the season but um uh justin dunk who i've had on several times reported that they did ask buck and buck uh, declined his family's from here they've got young kids Mm -hmm. and um uh he's going to continue on the oc and and i would too like i would keep under mike o'shea and and there'll be plenty of time in buck's young coaching career as great as it's already been Mm -hmm. to to branch out should he choose to later in life o'shea was also asked uh during the press conference uh if this is a new era a bomber football. I don't think they're that different. Let's say I think there's a, it's always a process of building, right? And trying to trying to get better. I think every single team, pro team, university, whatever sport it is, Olympic, everybody's trying to just grow and, and get better. So um, I think throughout that my time here, there's always been. You know, a focus on growth and, and getting better. So I don't know that you can separate them all. I, I don't think that'll change this year either. How we how we go about it maybe changes as we as we go along based on our roster, based on other factors. But um, I think they blend in together because we're we're like like every other team. We're just striving to get better. You'll hear more from Mike O'Shea at two o'clock with Jim Toth on the Jim Toth Show. Uh, must listen to radio. He had a great story years ago when I was at CJOB. I was filling in for Bob Irving, and I said, how did you get into coaching? He said, I was in the corporate world after retiring, and I was on the 401, is it, in Toronto? Sounds And he said, I was, right. had about six months, or I could be wrong in the months, but um, of in, being three hours in traffic every day. And I was in traffic, and Jim Barker called me and said, would you like to be our special teams coach and take a massive pay cut? And he said, yes, 
and hung up the phone and spent the next 60 minutes of his commute figuring out a way to tell his wife that I just took a massive pay cut to become a coach. Because he just... Yeah, didn't like the like just missed football and coaching and or just being around the game and just the corporate world as good of a job as he had wasn't for him he said that's it for me I'll be back on Monday same time Jim told to take you all the way until three o'clock remember Michael Shea joining the show at two thank you very much to Matt Aver for producing the show that's it for me I'll be back same time uh, next week Jets at noon on six eight CJOB.